Welcome to Talking Wow, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft, believe it or not. My name is Tom, and today we are going to be talking about Where Next in Dragonflight, a dungeon and lore overview. And of course, we are going to need a guest to tackle this topic because me and Marty alone are not capable. And we are very, very privileged to have on the show today Ali from the podcast Dungeon Fables and Live Laugh Lore. Hey, Ali. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on here as well because I know you're deep into the lore and you've got a lot of knowledge in there that we want to extract. It sounds a bit uh, goblinish there, but I know <laughs> I'm just so excited to have you here to talk uh, lore and more. Uh, in World of Warcraft. And also, we have Marty here, co-host of Talking Wow. I don't know how much lore you know, Marty, but I know you've you've read a few books, haven't you? So you know a few things. I was about to say I've never read a book in my life, but okay, fair. Um... <laughs> oh, well, then we are both here and we are both going to learn a lot then, Marty, about what's happening in Dragonflight lore and potentially what is happening next. So let's get started with this. And Ali, I think to start us off, I'm going to ask you the question of what got you so interested in the lore of the game overall? Was there a particular moment in time or was it just something generally that you've absorbed during your time playing World of Warcraft? It started in Wrath of the Lich King, to be honest. I started playing the game in Burning Crusade, but at that time it was my first MMO. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And so a lot of just trying to figure out how to play the game and I started reading quests and getting interested and kind of by the end of the expansion I had a handle on things so then leading into Wrath I was able to jump in and the way Wrath was with how it just engrossed me with everything happening with Arthas you know you go in one zone and you die and all of a sudden he's there taunting you (laughs) while you're making your death run like little things like that it was just those moments of oh there's actually a lot of story to this game and I started digging into it a little bit. I'm like, well, it's a whole universe. Like, there's things going on here. So it just kind of blossomed from there and just continued going. And and here we are now. And I still love it. And there's still so many questions unanswered that I need to figure out because I need to know things. But it's a lot of fun. I think that, that time period as well with Wrath of the Lich King and Arthas and the Frozen Throne, it's something that a lot of players, I know myself, is like that is probably the first real lore of world of warcraft and warcraft in general that was just like whoa this this is like such a relatable story of just having a a character that's fallen down a dark path and are they gonna find redemption no but you were just so engrossed in like where that was going and i think that's really when i think the storytelling in world of warcraft started having that more structured narrative as well with like you say with the lich king and him showing up in parts of the different questing areas in Northrend and it just built up that anticipation of what's gonna happen and I think just fond memories of that for for me anyway yeah he was the the ever-present big bad guy like we knew he was the big bad guy there was no question and you had a whole expansion that built up that sense of doom and gloom and how he had to be stopped and why it was important that he was stopped 
which I thought that was great. So by the time we got to ICC, I was just eating it up. It was fantastic. Speaking of doom and gloom, <laughs> Shadowlands. Uh, <laughs> That's a transition. Working on my segues here. It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> so we had the Shadowlands, and I'll be honest, I didn't play Shadowlands for, for various reasons. And I've heard lots of things about the lore within Shadowlands, and I don't think people still know what exactly happened in Shadowlands. Correct me if I'm wrong. But how have you how have you felt the game and I'll open this up, up to Marty as well. How do you feel like the game has transitioned lore wise from Shadowlands to Dragonflight where we are currently? Kind of awkwardly, in my opinion. <laughs> because I mean there were aspects of Shadowlands I loved. Like I love that it expanded the universe and didn't like how it proceeded to leave us with a million questions, like who the heck are the first ones? Still don't know that. Wanna know more. And there were so many things that were just kind of weird how it was handled and it felt like an odd expansion at times and maybe COVID impacted the story. You know, it's hard to really know since we didn't get that peek behind the curtain. And then we had a time skip of years between, like storyline-wise, between Shadowlands and Dragonflight. And so little happened in that time that we know of yet. You know, we had Lorthmar and Thorister got married. That's cool. Um, we know that Illyria and why am I blanking on his name? Turalyon. Uh, Turalyon. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I totally just play brain. Like, they're off, like, kind of helping to take care of Stormwind while Anduin's gone. But what have they been up to? What are they doing? You know, and there's a lot of questions with them still. And there's a lot of things that we were told is going to happen. You know, we were told eventually that Wargame, we're going to get a chance to see what happened with Gilneas and retake Gilneas. That hasn't happened yet. This they keeps like, teasing us about, like don't they? Just like, yeah, we're oh going to we're gonna do. do that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how, and, how do you feel like it was handled, the whole time skip thing? Because I feel like if you just played the game... you was there anything even in game explaining that that happened in between because i think i i heard that from you know a random developer interview there wasn't that, even that like was a it. you know you started the expansion and it was like two years later you know nothing like that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like it may have been a throwaway line said in passing by some NPC. like it's been some time and then that's it but you're right like it was mostly from developer interviews and i think in some ways, though, considering how Shadowlands was handled, considering how many people in the community weren't the biggest fan of Shadowlands and some of the choices made and how there are some differing opinions, at least seemingly so, with the developers, at least on the story side of how to handle things. I think they kind of needed a bit of a skip just to kind of like refresh. Reset. like what, Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. A reset. Like, okay, like we have like you know, the people who are gone now, who weren't the best, <laughs> they're no longer impacting the story. So we're going to have this nice little break right here and have a nice reset. And here we go forward with this awesome expansion. It's going to be great. Don't worry, everyone. It's going to be great. So that's what it kind of felt like. But there's still so many because like life continued on while we were in the Shadowlands. So I wish we had at least some idea of what all happened while we were gone 
I, I think what what could have been awesome is something along the lines of hey, uh, time works differently because I even think that they said that time works differently in the Shadowlands. So if they true, had, they did. If they had come up with an explanation that hey, while you were away, three years has passed. Now you're back. You know, something <laughs> like that that would have totally worked and been yeah. believable. You know. Yeah, and they should have like yeah. updated every NPC just to make them look a little bit older as well, just so that was <laughs> more believable. Maybe run down some of the buildings, you know, in some of the capital cities going, oh, yeah, time has actually passed here for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think that would have been great, honestly. It would have made the transition a little less awkward. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there was just, at least for me, Dragonflight was just so refreshing. And even just that intro trailer cinematic with, you know, that moment when Alex Straza, you know, catches uh Carnos and flies into the air like it was just so epic and so amazing that it kind of for me made me not worry as much about that transition to the two expansions because I was just ready for the awesomeness of dragons everywhere and it feels like that was maybe intentional as well because again I didn't play Shadowlands and playing through Dragonflight there's seems to be very little reference to the Shadowlands except for perhaps in the green dragonflight quest where it it plays a a bit of a role where you travel back there but yeah really there's just no reference of anything that's happened in the last few years it's more like you say it is that fresh page and we're just starting anew or even we've got like new threats and new enemies with our sights on and it's not really a past threat it is in some ways but it's more of like a new threat to the game itself and I think probably we're all very much appreciative of that fresh start, perhaps, because just from what I read about the Jailer and that storyline and 5D chess and 6D chess, and <laughs> I don't right. know what, what D chess we oh, were playing. Jailer. It was Nobody just so conv- convoluted no. <laughs> and there wasn't a satisfying resolution that it just feels like, hey, we're just going to strip this back and just getting back to telling a story because that's what we like. We like a story. We like to see it go somewhere and actually maybe make a bit of sense as well oh concept yeah but just maybe just a little bit of sense (laughs) (laughs) well i think too after you know an expansion of death we were in the death realm it was all about death and who has died like it's also so nice just to be in a place that is so alive and it's been really refreshing more than i realized it was going to be like i think i needed that i didn't think i was going to but i I actually really did it's been really nice yeah i think after like what we've all been through in real life as well and i think yeah yeah like you mentioned with the whole pandemic thing and shadowlands just we were having like a really not good time out in the world and then not really having a good time in the game and now i feel like we're moving past that and this just this new world it, it, it feels it does feel like I'm not going to say a new game, but as someone that came back, it, it it was so revolutionary. It was just like, wow. Like, why have I been away from the game? But then it's like, well, because Dragonflight wasn't here yet, and now I'm here and I'm playing it, and I'm very happy. There you go. You just need a Dragonflight, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's a, just need a Dragons. Dragons make everything better. They really do. They're great. <laughs> So speaking of Dragonflight, and I know you are a bit of a dungeon nerd, Ali. That's maybe an understatement right there. But we've had 
an introduction of, as we do with a new expansion, new dungeons into Dragonflight. So I want to pick your brain a little bit and ask you, what are your favorite dungeons in Dragonflight and why? I have a hard time answering that because I like dungeons <laughs> in general. They're like all my babies. I, if we're going aesthetics, and the one that just made me be in awe when I first ran it, it'd be Azure Vault. It's gorgeous. Even we we could touch that central section. It was. It's just. It's gorgeous. Like I almost had a couple people in the first run that I did through it die as you know because I'm healing. Because I was so distracted by just looking around, because <laughs> it was it was beautiful and oh, it's relaxing, stunning, isn't it? it's absolutely and stunning. And it really is. And you have you know the smack realm, whatever chick of Cindergosa going along, giving us a story too, which I thought that was really cool. So I definitely have a soft spot for that one. But at the same time, going back to Old Man, I was about to say that was my pick. yeah. <laughs> Right, like oh, going I knew back it was to Marty and the Vikings. Seeing... It had to have been, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the Vikings are pretty awesome. I laughed when they first did that fight. It was great. Um, but yeah, going back to Old Man, seeing a different area, seeing you know callbacks to areas we have been in before with it, and that was that was really cool. You know, seeing some trogs again, and hmm. is there something in you know? That just it called to me from back when I was you know younger and life was more simple and I was running <laughs> old men back when it was you know when I was in burning crusade so that was yeah the only thing we had to really worry cool. worry about back then was trogs wasn't it that was it it was just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing that was going to ruin your day nothing else uh, yeah a little little fun fact about uh, uh men as well is that when we when we did it Tom was like oh I love that they finally put uh, lost Vikings in the game and I was like. Well, there's technically where there's weld in classic, so um, yeah, it's not. I new. didn't know that. <laughs> Did not know that. Nope. I thought they were just some game on the Super Nintendo, Marty. And yeah, no, nope. there we go. <laughs> they, they were in classic as well on Manila. But I, they were. It's true. Yeah, yep. But I know you have the Lost Viking knowledge, Marty. If this was an episode about Lost Vikings, I wouldn't even yeah. need to be here. Ali wouldn't need to be here. It would just be you. <laughs> I'll do it on my own. <laughs> you should do it. You could do the whole episode on Lost Vikings. You should totally do it. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> but then i also can't forget to mention halls of infusion because that one story-wise intrigues me not only because it was tier hold it's another titan facility which always you know uh interests me it's always a good time it's always a good time when the titans are involved there's always something going on and you know, there could be something old god related going on too, because that tends to be a normal, you know, motif as well. And plus, we started learning about some of what was happening with the Titans and the water and how they were, you know, corrupting and using the water. And some of that water is in the halls of a fusion. And so it just, it, it gets my, you know, lore wheels going in my head. And I like that too. So I don't like the killer frogs. No. They're really annoying. <laughs> I like frogs, but I don't like when they're poisonous and chasing after me. No. But other than that, it's it's a really great dungeon. I I have I have to I, I would also like to, I also like to shout out. Um, and now, obviously, I'm blanking on it. Um, the one with the with the uh, centaurs in the the oh, flying the one. The, the Noku defensive. Yes, that one. The one that's uh, not actually a dungeon. 
in my because opinion. You can, you, simply because you can fly around <laughs> in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of... Some people might call it more like a, a scenario or something like that, but I, I kind of like that as well. Outdoor instance area. Outdoor That's what I call it. Instant. Okay, okay, yeah. That it, because it's simply <laughs> because it, it's so different than the, that you go flying around and, and it actually gives, you know... Um, you a chance to use your, your mounts for something outside of just flying around normally in, in the world. Yeah, and it was cool because you were flying around in areas that you actually quest in, mm-hmm. you know, outside the instance. So again, it makes it feel alive and that you're you're in an actual location, not just some random dungeon somewhere, you know? Like, these are areas you've been in, which is really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm the opposite. I'm like, obviously you can tell that I'm very like oh, i'm not really sold on this place and obviously okay sometimes being outside is good but when i think of dungeons i'm like put me in some sort of claustrophobic corridor with <laughs> poisonous frogs that's a dungeon to me Ali. you want a you know legit I mean? dungeon mm-hmm. yeah i mean i totally understand it I, and i wouldn't want every dungeon to be like outdoor dun- no. uh, outdoor instanced no. areas no 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 but just to try and shake things up like put one in there every so now and then that's t- totally fine with me I was going to say, I think it makes sense for the, you know, for the centaurs as well. Like, they're not going to be in some enclosed area. They are roaming the plains. And that totally fits into their aesthetic. So I will hold my hands up and say, it wouldn't make sense to put them in some sort of fiery cavern with poisonous frogs. But there we go. <laughs> that That is true. That is true. And it did a good job, you know, kind of wrapping up that zone too, which I like how Blizzard does that sometimes. Hmm. I also like it, too, because, well, okay, some of the fights in there are annoying me as a healer. But outside of that, I like that it is a little different because this game, it's getting old at this point. It's been out for so many years, and it's harder and harder, I would imagine, to keep things fresh and unique and do something different. So when they can manage it here and there, I like that. It's good. Kind of like with Agathar Academy. Being a former teacher, that dungeon, some of the voice lines cracked me up. But, like, it's just, it's something that looks a little <laughs> fun. It's a little different. You know, there's a couple of different bosses in there. Like, it's, it it doesn't have any huge bearing on the story or anything. It's just, it's just a fun little ditty. It's a nice little short one as well, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, we can it's knock this bad. one out in, like, 15 minutes, if that. It's just, I like when that one comes up. It's just, yeah, this one's going to be nice <laughs> and quick, and we're all going to be happy at the end of it. Yeah. Dungeons. Talked a little bit about that. After dungeons, you know what happens. We got the raids. And we've had two of them so far as of recording. The Vault of the Incarnates and Avarice. So Ali, how do you think Blizzard has handled the narrative within raids in Dragonflight so far? And what have you enjoyed most? Or what haven't you enjoyed? I really like how they're handling these two raids in that you get... A lot of this RP as you go along. Like, I know for some people, they don't care about the RP. It's annoying, whatever. But for me, I think it's really cool because there's a couple of characters going along with you, talking about the raid and who you're facing in the raid. Because they have this adventure guide, but not everyone reads the adventure guide. And some of these bosses are just random bosses that they're just throwing in there for seemingly no reason. Whereas now we get this extra RP that kind of at least gives them a little bit of a story, a little bit of a reason for why they're there, why they're in our way between us and the end boss, you know, and 
I'm, I'm enjoying how they're doing it. It kind of feels, you know, kind of creative. It's a little bit different. And it's also a little bit of the issue of like the banter, you know, that we, when we had Kagar and Caligos in Vault of the Incarnates, you know, you have Caligos freaking out about a spider and wanting to burn it down. Like you get, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you should, like, like you should, right? Especially that spider. Mm. But you know, it's, it's really fun. And just like an Avarice, you know, you get the back and forth between Rathian and Sibelian. And then you also get, you know, the Echo Notharian with each of them. And it kind of found a way to kind of further their story as well and show a little bit of character growth for Rathion and Sibelian, which I'm a sucker for. And so I thought it was really great. I think some at the same time, I can understand that those who don't run raids might be annoyed with that because they feel like they're missing out. And that's, I mean, on one hand, as someone who runs instances plenty of times, I love it. But I can see how there's some people that don't like when there's too much story in instances. And it's cool that, you know, we have so many great content creators who will run through it. And you get to see the cinematics on YouTube and see how the quest lines go on YouTube. And that's cool. But for some people, you know, they want it in the game. So it's, I think it's a fine line to walk between progressing too much of the story in the raid but also making it fun and entertaining for those who do regularly run it. And I think it's been pretty good, this expansion, I think. I, I do feel like that they're doing a pretty good job as well this time around because you then have that quest. Because I think a lot of people, me, myself inclu- included, were sort of like, oh, is, is this the is this the cutscene after the, the fight? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. But then you actually get a quest line to go back in, and, and there's actually more to the story that is finished off afterwards, which you can do on your own terms. And all of a sudden, it, it made sense, because I was the one... I went to YouTube, watched the cutscene, was like, is this it? What the hell? Um, right. But then I actually got to play the quest line, and now everything makes sense, and it, it actually turned out really, really well. So I think it flipped from me in my head to be like, is this it? To, oh, this is it. This is cool, you know, so... Well, and it was really cool about the questline, too, because it gave people a chance to go see it who hadn't run it, you know, and to really take it in. Because there's a lot of little details that the art team put in there that if you're just running through it, you're going to miss. So it gives raiders and non-raiders a chance to really go through it and appreciate it, which I thought was awesome. And I hope that it com- becomes like a regular thing going yeah. forward because it was really cool. Yeah. It was very surprising, actually. I didn't know that quest was going to be happening and it just popped up on the map over by the raid entrance for Aberus, and I was like, okay, oh, we're heading back in here. And it was just like, this is so cool to see because usually we go to a, a raid or a dungeon, we kill all the bosses there, and then we you know, don't think about it again until reset. Yeah. From a story perspective, it was really great just to be able to go back in to those halls and just see like, oh yeah, we've done most of the work here, but yeah, there's still some forces in here that need tidied up, and there's still more story to tell in here. The like you say, if we can't go to RP during the raid because people are just here to kill bosses and get loot, but actually revisiting after that, right? I was like, I hope they do do this for more raids and dungeons even because, like you say, Ali, they build these beautiful environments that I don't think we get to appreciate as much because usually the focus yeah, is... I agree. For example, if you're doing Mythic Plus, it's like you're not going to sit around going, oh, it's a nope. lovely ceiling, isn't it? <laughs> It's just no time for that. And actually go getting to go back and appreciate that, it's it's a really wonderful thing. 
And also a lot of times in raids, at least that's how it works for me, is that you are on, you know, voice communication with someone, with the guild or whoever you're raiding with, and, and you're talking to them and you're focused on other things. So when all this RP is going on, I, I have in the past, I have totally missed like key things happening just because of, you know, when I'm in a raiding environment, I'm focused on the raiding things going on, not so much on everything else. So to having that quest and go back in there, yeah, thumbs up. More of that, please. Yeah. My, I love my raid. They're very chatty. So when we first did Avarice and they're talking during trash while, you know, the Echo Notharian's talking about, in my mind, I'm thinking, I need one to shut up so I can hear this. It's important. <laughs> By the way, we need that voice actor who does the uh, the Echo of Notharian. Can they release a podcast or record an audiobook or something? Because oh, that, that is so just good. so soothing, so silky. It, it it really is like the voice acting this game in general I've always liked but there's just sometimes they get a character that just oh, it does such a great yeah. job and yeah that one's definitely really good it's beautiful so we're putting that one on, uh, on the wish list as a guest right <laughs> oh I, I wouldn't even be talking I mean, I I'd just be should. listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, just something just something else I wanted to touch on and I don't know if if it's of interest it might be but it, it's concerning the black dragon flight and it does involve that quest that we're talking about where you return to Aberus. And something I found really interesting was the perspective of how we're discussing the Black Dragonflight now because we understand that, like, uh, the brood of the the Black Dragonflight, they're susceptible to this corruption and to these whispers and, and things like that. And obviously Sarkareth has, has succumbed to, to that now and has fallen because of it. And I actually really, really liked how this was handled compared to perhaps in the past regarding dragons of the of the black uh, dragonflight, because you have you have Raffian and Sibelian and uh, Abyssian as well, and they have this really sympath- sympathetic and this this empathy towards Sarkareth, which I think we'd never really seen too much of before, and especially when we have this big threat and it gets killed or eliminated. Then we're just like, hey, you know, it's it's party time. And I'm thinking back to the likes of, you know, Anixia and Nefarian, who also succumbed to this this madness as well. When we killed them in the past, we took their heads and we hung them on display in the city of like, <laughs> yes, we did it. But but it's really a different perspective now of just like this this person was flawed, yeah, but they it wasn't really their fault. They fell into this corruption, into these whispers and and they went down a path that like we don't want people to go down to and we wish it could have been another way and I just thought it was it was really deep actually and I, I started to feel things and generally in Warcraft's story it, 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 it skims on the surface and I enjoy everything about the story but sometimes it's just like that's actually going deep that's going that's going below the surface and I really like that I don't know if you two had similar feelings with that yeah I agree I feel like as the expansions are going on they're doing that more often or they make you care about a character and give you just enough to care about the character and then kill him off which makes me mad and i cry but (laughs) it's it was really interesting even just questing in there like caverns because it became more of a nuanced thing the impact of the whispers on the black dragon flight because i started realizing it's not just oh no like we hear the whispers we're gonna go mad they realize little things like they realize that if they were in their dragon form, they heard them louder. 
you know, we start, they started realizing more things and we got to actually really explore what these whispers mean and what it does to them. And we also got to see as part of that character development that they did care. I mean, Sibelian, who I'm still team wrathing between the two of them, but like we get to see, you know, a lot of it's development right with Sibelian, right? It, 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 I mean, <laughs> he's sus. Okay, I'm sorry. The guy is sus. He came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I've been hanging out in Draenor, I mean, Outlands. And like, no one's been doing that. Been known all the no word. one's been hanging out in Outlands. Whatever. Right. <laughs> but throughout the questing in the caverns, we see how power hungry he is and how much he was focused on that being his legacy. You know, we saw these Slither Drakes and he wanted to discard them as if they were just fodder for the war. Whereas Rathion was saying they're they're part of our flight. You can't do this. And by and you know, we saw that when Emberthal destroyed the glove, uh the, the Oathbinder glove, Sabellian was mad. He was pissed. Like that is my father's legacy. You had no right to destroy that. But in fact Emberthal had every right to destroy it. But now at the at, at this raid, now that the Equinotharian is gone and the whispers are no longer haunting them, at least in this moment we see how much more clear-headed he is. He's pulled his head out of his butt. He's realizing that, you know, the the, the poor Jardin who had been tortured in Abra's forever is horrible. He showed Rathian sympathy and understanding. He actually cared about Emberthal and about Sarkarath, you know, and it was just so well done. And it really was. It was deep, like that kind of character development, especially with him. And I agree, like it was it was great. Unfortunately, we are running close to the end here. But before we run off into the uh, the sunset alley, what happens next in Dragonflight and beyond? What if you could give us a quick summary of what you think we're going or where we are going to next in World of Warcraft? Well, eventually, we will take Gilneas. I will hold Blizzard to that. Uh, just keep saying it it's gonna happen it's gonna happen (laughs) it's gonna happen just like my infinite pirate dragon mount it's gonna happen um i do think that we're going to the emerald dream at some point because they have seen they've shown us that the world tree it's 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 blossoming so i'm sure at some point we're gonna have to go to emerald dream plus the fact that Viranoff is uses the same voice actor as a winter queen and looks very similar to her like that's just I feel like that may have been purposeful, so I think there's going to be something with that as well. It's very on the nose, uh, isn't it? Right, right. So I think we're going to go to the Emerald Dream in 10-2 or 10-3. I haven't decided yet. And I know for a while I was thinking that we're, the next expansion is going to be like a Light Void expansion. But now I'm hearing all these theories on the Pirate expansion, which I am perfectly okay with and I would be happy with. <laughs> so... I can see maybe in ten two dealing with the after effects of what happens with Naz Dormu and the aspects getting their powers back because that still hasn't officially happened yet. We're working towards it, but it hasn't happened. And then I think in ten three we're going to do Emerald Dream and uh, finish dealing with the Redicron and whatnot, and then that will lead us into getting to explore more of the world, maybe the World Tree pops up on the other side of Azeroth and that's why we do pirate expeditions I don't know something along those lines just quick and quick and dirty summation there 
we we've wanted the the Emerald Dream for so long, isn't it? It's felt like a dream, really. That it has been <laughs> so long. We we touched on it in Legion with the nightmare, but we've never really got to experience it in a a bit more fleshed out. So I yeah, I, I hope I we get to go there. Like I really do. Do Do you want to mm-hmm. go to the Dream, Marty? Is that what I mean? What you're looking I'm, forward I'm to? I'm down for I'm down for everything that Ali has been talking about. But also something that I felt like was cut too way too short was the whole. Uh, two expansions back uh, at BFA we had the last patch which was where we all got like and I would love to I would have loved to that be like drawn out and been a complete expansion instead because I really liked you know the looks and things like that I would have loved to be like in a full zone or you know even you know, as I said full expansion so that's my hopes that there will be like a you know, I guess that is technically no. That's not void. That is that is all God. So yeah, I, I would love something with that. Uh, that would be amazing. They're part of the void, and yeah. they, there's been dropping. They've been dropping void hints here and there, and there's some stuff in the Sarkoth fight room that makes me kind of raise my eyebrow a bit. So we're definitely not done with the void. No, I, w- I would love that, like a, a full blown expansion with, with with that whole thing. But could you sure. imagine though? I think the internet would break if we actually did have an old God expansion that was just like. World of Warcraft, the old gods, just oh, it is an old god expansion. I don't know. I don't know. Could we handle that? I I want to see what happens if that actually gets announced. <laughs> I think, considering what we've got in the past with Ilganoth Whispers, it would be magical. It would be the best expansion. I would love it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be some sort of number of chests that we would never ever even know because the the whispers and the riddles <laughs> right no one's gonna work out what's happening in that expansion because it's just lies or it's all truth i don't know half truths that's that's what marty always says the old gods are talking about yep <laughs> well we would absolutely love to sit here and talk about warcraft lore and what's going to happen in the future of world of warcraft but we have run out of time Ali, thank you so much for being on the show today. And of course, like I mentioned, you're from Dungeon Fables and the Live Laugh Lore podcast, which I've been enjoying very much recently on my walks. And mad respect, Ali, for anyone who can podcast and drink alcoholic beverages and make sense and also talking about the deep (laughs) subject of lore. There's just massive kudos right there for me for that. And you should definitely check out what Ali is doing uh, in in her podcast we will have links to all that in our show notes but that is it we have reached the end thank you everyone for tuning in i've been tom that's been marty that's been ali we've been talking well Bye-bye. bye bye thanks for tuning in champion did you enjoy this episode of talking wow if so why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!